welcome listeners to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. I almost hate to use the word educational. Phil Stevens. I guess I'm kind of the, uh, the dark force here. And Rob Fortress Courtney. But there really is no secret. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I am a nutrition and exercise physiology professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hello, people. Rob Fortress Courtney here. I'm a journalist, uh, former editor at Muscle Mega International, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm the founder of StrengthGuild.com, LiftForHope.org, and I'm a competitive powerlifter and Highland Games athlete. You know, um, I want to start off the show today um, just to um, give kind of a quote-unquote shout-out to uh, one of our listeners. And we were all wondering if to use this guy's last name or not, but I don't think he's going to mind because it's all positive stuff. Um, Jeff Chester, he sent us a really nice email. He's a Canadian dude, um, Canuck like me. So um, he sent us a real nice email saying that um, before he was listening to our show, um, he was 185 pounds and did CrossFit and that type of thing and was real uh, tight with his diet and that kind of thing. Anyway, um, in the last six months, he's gone up to uh, 242 pounds. He loosened things up a little bit and took our kind of, or or Lonnie Rather's statement, you know, a battle of the knife and fork, literally. And uh, he says that he's used our show and so forth as motivation uh, and inspiration to uh, kind of allow himself to kind of, uh, you know, allow his abs to kind of soften a little bit in this type of thing. But, I mean, it, it's amazing because he sent us a video and he set a uh, Canadian national record for his weight class and age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the 100% Raw Federation. He did it like, what was that, a 377 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he went for 381, I believe, um, but they called it because his buck came off the bench. But, I mean, yeah, he, so he's doing... Uh, He's pushing towards 400 pounds, raw, drug-free, uh, very oh, clean. Yeah. yeah, they were they were darn good reps too. Our, you know, all of his attempts were great. So, um, also, um, I'm going to have to email Jeff because he sent us an attachment for an article that he's that he wrote um, that several uh, known sites that show, shall go unmentioned have uh, turned down because, in, to his his mind, they turned him down because he's a quote unquote nobody. In the strength world, well, certainly anybody who's doing those kind of lifts, Jeff, is not a nobody. And you're you're not a nobody to us. Yeah, so, we'll take, we'll definitely take a look. It, it, that's a good uh, point at which to let listeners know that yeah, we do accept articles from people, not just the little recordings like you see on our homepage at ironradio.org, but even articles. If you want to send something and get your feet wet and get a little experience in sort of internet media regarding strength and fitness and whatnot. Absolutely. Send us something. It's an intellectually sound forum. We're not clickish in any way, you know, where you don't have to uh, necessarily network and get, you know, get on the usual list of, you know, uh, writers in a particular site stable or something. We're not really particularly underwritten by any one group. That's why we have that sort of public radio format. So absolutely, man, just send it in and we'll take a good look at it. Of course, we can't pay for it, but uh, if you want a yeah. forum for it, and certainly we're not also like some sites who are like, well, if we publish it, you can't accept money from anybody else and have it published at their site as well. We, we don't give a rat's ass. I mean, we'll, we'll put, <laughs> if, if you let us and we think it's, it, it's, it's, it's decent and cool, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, put it up on our site. And like I say, you're free to use it for whatever else you want as well. Um, and, and so, yeah, Jeff Chester, 
Hails to you, brother. You're, uh, yeah, congrats. You're Iron Radio approved, brother. <laughs> if, if we got to get those stickers, Phil. We'll, we'll, we got, I know, we'll, we'll I know. The stickers. Iron stickers. Radio yeah. approved. Hey, Jeff, if you're ever in the Toronto area, I don't know where you're calling from, where, where you're emailing from, but if you're ever in the Toronto area, email me. The email you sent comes right to me, and uh, maybe we can hook up and do some lifting, brother. Yeah, I just friended him on Facebook. I tracked him down. I'm like a... Uh, <laughs> cool. Stalker. Right on. <laughs> No, honestly, it's um, it's appreciated when we get you know these kind this kind of support, and we're going to have to devote a whole episode to some of these emails. I don't want to offend anybody who's sent you know similarly um, motivating emails uh, because we've got a couple of really good ones here, and I think we'll devote a whole show to reader mail. Um, that, that one just I know that that struck some of us as a especially good one, but I also want to thank. There's actually a list of people who are also stepping up and sort of supporting better programming for powerlifting and bodybuilding online. Um, and I'm just going to read through a short list here. These are just some people. And, again, if I miss your name, you're still appreciated. And, I don't know, send Rob Ryan emails like, hey, what about me? So this is just some of our, our recent people that help support us, again, through our public radio style uh, format. But there's Jim Huron, Daryl White, Lonnie Ducote. I hope I'm saying your last name right, Lonnie. I know I'm saying your first name right. Uh, John Mike, Jill Bixby. Joel Weaver, Glenn Elmers, Jesse Frank, Brian Johnson. Thank you, Brian. He sent in, um, he's not a, a supporting member per se, but he sent in a um, significant single donation, so that's very helpful. Seth Spainer, Randy, oh, Randy, your last name, Cognetamisa, um, Sean Clark, and Ken Shearer. You guys are all very appreciated. You're, again, you're stepping up. We, and we really appreciate that because it keeps Iron Radio on the air. Because we're not supplement company sponsored or anything like that, then, you know, we need some support so we can continue to, to do this kind of stuff. And, of course, we don't make money from this, any kind of uh, substantial money. What we do is we use this money to, uh, for some charitable reasons. I help some students go to a, a sports nutrition and training conference, for example, once with a small amount. I'll take some of it and I'll advertise on Facebook or Google uh, it's just that those, or obviously, web server fees, uh, you know, Skype, you know, that kind of stuff. So My new Lamborghini. Oh, right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> With the support of all two of our listeners. <laughs> actually, it's funny you said that. Actually, on the way home, uh, driving back to Ohio, sounds like a pretender song, back to Ohio, uh, I actually, in the gas station, we pulled up next to, I kid you not, a Lamborghini Diablo, um, smoking. There was kids all around it. You know, the guy who owned it was just, you know, completely stoked. You know, he's just beaming because everybody's gawking at his, his uh, ride there. But anyway, very cool. <laughs> oh, okay, um, continuing with uh, news, I, I have two things that I came across recently, and they're thematic. They're actually related, so I thought I would share these. These are about metabolism. Uh, so... These are from the, um, let's see, the March and June 2011 American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, which is really the premier journal for this stuff. But the first one I think you might find interesting. So, again, you know, you listen to Iron Radio, you can pick up on some of this stuff before it's going to hit uh, magazines and textbooks and all the other kinds of things. But this one is called Protein Choices Targeting Thermogenesis and Metabolism. So it just starts off saying dietary proteins stimulate metabolic rate after a meal and satiety more than does carbohydrate or fat. And I think we know that. Um, it says, however, less is known about the differences between protein types. So 
this is just to kind of jump down to the results here. Um, the thermic effect, so the metabolism-boosting effect, was greater after whey protein than after casein and soy. So people, uh, these um, subjects, they got a 14% boost uh, after a casein dose um, versus 12%. I'm sorry, after 14% after whey versus 12% boost for casein and an 11.6% boost for soy. So it looks like whey protein is more thermogenic than other proteins. So I think that's kind of cool. I've never seen anything like that before. It says cumulative fat burning tended to be greater after the whey meal than after the soy meal as well. So, again, whey looking superior to soy when it comes to fat oxidation. Um, and then down at the bottom, sub- subjective appetite sensations indicated that casein and soy, however, were more satiating than whey. And that's probably because whey is a faster protein, you know, it comes, comes and goes out of your system faster. It says, but whey was more liked compared with casein and soy. And uh, I think that, that may have to do with the fact that whey is very mixable, whereas casein kind of clumps, and you know, unless you micronize it or do something different to it. But anyway, so, so that's so how long Ach- Atchison and colleagues. So how long is it going to be now until that comes out and sub, uh, supplement company spins that into being 38,000% better than the... Question on that. Would, um, you know, the, the, the thermic effect initially is higher. Would, would something like casein, you know, it, it's at 12%, is that going to be a longer thermic effect? Seeing yeah. As it... I, haven't, uh, I, I haven't looked over this entire article, to be honest with you. I should have read through the entire manuscript here about, you know, how long it lingered. Um, yeah, the peak was higher, and that's a good point. Because, you know, you, you might think, like, you know, what's the area under the curve? But I think that's where they said they're making the point with cumulative fat oxidation. You know, the total amount of fat burning tended to be greater with the whey than after the soy. And I think what that's doing is they're saying not just the peak, you know, yeah. let's say 30 minutes after the meal, but everything under the curve lingering out for a couple hours probably, you know. Uh, this was also 23 lean, healthy subjects. You know that they they kind of fed them this test meal and and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I'm tr- I'm not I'm trying to get it, things as specific to our target population as possible. I know there are some uh, ladies who listen to this show, uh, but you know that's, this isn't to say that they'd be vastly different. I, again, just going with healthy people. Okay. Well, I, I think what we were going to do here in the first half of the show, since we're just kind of talking shop, is is talk about how everybody's training is going, right? So. Uh, Phil, you were talking about your diet. Let, you know, and I was actually joking. I don't know if you guys ever read the show notes that I put on iTunes, but I was saying, yes, yeah. Phil will be ripped. You know, so, <laughs> so, so what's going on there? Well, I'm in my last, you know, I took the six weeks to try and gain back some of what I lost, and that didn't go as well as expected, but I'm, I'm, I'm a, quite a bit bigger than I was. Um, I gained back about almost 20 pounds um, in six weeks. So I'm on my last two days of my gluttony that I've been on for the last decade. Is that just un- <laughs> is, that, is that really unrestrained gluttony? I mean, are you just taking in everything or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, taking in everything, I, everything I want. I mean, of course, a lot of it's good. You know, a lot of a lot of meat and, and, and eggs and stuff. But I mean, I'm not shying away from the pie and ice cream um, right, at all. Yeah, yeah. And you know, then I'm going to start pretty much the first diet. You know, I've well. The first leaning out diet I've been on in, in probably more than more than five years. Um, I've done some little things to make competitions and stuff, but that was more much more temporary. I'm going to do a 12 week diet and just see how how lean I can get, um, with the goal of not 
I don't want to drop below 220. I don't know if I can even get there. Because I'm 260 now, and looking at myself, I'm probably the leanest 260 I've ever been. I don't think I could lose 40 pounds. Well, right, 40 pounds so, in 12 weeks, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. So, um, and I'm just going to... That's not what uh-huh. you. You're, you're the guy that freaking puts on 50 pounds in a week. And will lose oh, yeah, I know. I mean, the first 20 will come off pretty quick. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. so we'll see how it goes. I'm, j- I'm going to take it, you know, I'm just going to go real easy the first month and just go low carb uh, and be a little more, more active. I'm going to go for walks with my dog in the morning and stuff like that and then keep the training up. And uh, then things will get more interesting. You know, as I get leaner, that's when things are going to have to get a little more restrictive. And I'll have to start are watching. Gonna, are you still going to ride that wild bull of yours after every dinner? Yeah, yeah, and chase my sheep, too, Yeah, yeah. Um, and chickens. But, <laughs> you know, the stuff like that, I'm just going to get, you know, I've, just, I've been putting off a lot of things around here purposely around my farm, um, so it'll be a lot of chopping wood for the winter and, you know, things like that. Are, are, are you going to be Are you gonna be like a scene from Rocky? Oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to. Siberia? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, from Rocky, I'm, I, I've got a log planned out for that. I'm gonna. Work. I think that's good. I, you know, I think like I've had people say, you know, I mow my lawn for sixty minutes. Is that cardio? I'm like, yeah, man, that's cardio. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. It's not pointless. You know, treadmill work. Yeah. It, like your thing, chopping wood and stuff like that. I think, heck yes, that's all calorie expenditure. Yeah, you know? exactly. So you know, I figured you know my dog will be happy. I get a walker in the mornings, and I'll do something in the evenings, and you know. It won't be too – the hardest part of it is going to be what's going in my mouth. You know, it'll, it'll be easy the first month, and then the last month will be hell, of course. Right. And just, just see how lean I can get. You know, I'm just calling it – I'm not going for a certain amount of leanness. I'm just calling it at 12 weeks. Yeah, uh, I'll see know, Phil, what I can get 12 weeks. From my experience, and again, it's maybe – I don't know if Lonnie ever is like this, but when I was a competitive bodybuilder, I always found that the hardest part of the diet was the first month. It was easier the last part. Uh-huh. Because by the time well, I'll I was, tell you – I think for that reason, Rob, though, I mean, Phil's doing this, something sort of just naturally with the way I tend to do it, which is you break yourself into it a little. You know, like the first month I would just start, yeah, I would do like early morning, like, you know, walks basically, or and then I would just, I'd cut carbs out of my dinners, you know, just to kind of get the bread and pasta the hell out of the way, you know, or the ice cream desserts or whatever. And that was a pretty... Uh, painless first month, but then, like Phil said, then you got to start getting a little bit more aggressive. But yeah, well, I don't think. I mean, that's the problem a lot of people take with with any kind of training and diet. I think they they start off too extreme, and it's like, where are you going to go from there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you go from if, else, if you right? go from eating like a, a couch potato slob to eating like a competitive bodybuilder in his last weeks of the competition, where are you going to go next? You know, yeah. you can't, you can't go further. And you know what? Was it? It's true. You see a lot of guys, they, they drop every gram of carbs on day one, and then, like, they do this really aggressive, fast, extreme diet. I like 20-weekers, but but the point being is they cut out every gram of carbs, and even when they're using androgens, they lose they lose crazy amounts of muscle mass. You know, they start at 250, and they, they compete as, like, a, a, a middleweight or something. You know, and I, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Like, like you said, you, first of all, you've got nowhere to go from there. If you're not cycling carbs or anything, you just drop to a real low-calorie diet. After about a, three or four weeks, you're going to totally stall, you know. So, anyway, I'm sorry, Rob, you are going to say? Uh, well, I don't even want to continue what I was going to say there because of what you just said. Because I was just about to say that my whole thing was kind of just, you know, just, just go go from day one. And my whole thing well, there's was different personalities, I suppose, too. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, oh, absolutely. And I, I, I was going to say, you know, obviously that obviously that has a lot to do with 
you know, what kind of person you are and, you know, that type of thing. It doesn't say anything about discipline or whatsoever, just kind of what you, you know, how you need to go about it psychologically, you know, to, uh, right. and how it works for you. But, yeah, I see what your point. Yeah, But, I mean, but at, you the know, same, at the same okay. time, I, you know, I'm, as you guys know, I'm not really much of an ice cream eater and that, that type of thing. You know, to, to yeah. me, a huge dessert is like a, you know, a hamburger, so... Well, let's face it, there are people, and it is a successful strategy for, you know, guys will cut their, their carbs way down or their total calorie intake. They might drop from like 4,000 to 1,600 or something crazy and go that far down. But usually then they incorporate some kind of, uh, you know, planned cheat meal or, you know, some carbs to get their thyroid levels back up. Well, and, and that's, back up or that's exactly what I did. If you remember, I used to always say every Sunday was my cheat day. Yeah. You know, and I would, um, you know, just, to, and, and, and that became so much more important, um, you know, in, in the last final stages of, of the diet, which goes to what you're saying about, you know, when, when your metabolism starts slowing down a bit, you know, you just, you're like, geez, I want to lose this extra five pounds here or whatever it is. And, you know, so you just, you know, you have that day where you just kind of throw it for a, a curveball at it and it kind of starts, right. you know, gets it going again. And then, yeah. So. No, and I think that that totally works too. Make, make no mistake. I mean, you know, a lot of the research on guys that they totally stagnate. I and mean, in fact, there was some research done back in the the seventies um, where they actually took college guys. They dropped their intake from thirty five hundred calories a day to six hundred. You know, just to kind of make a point. They wanted to make sure this worked. And their expected weight loss at the end of the month was nowhere near achieved because their metabolism slowed down like. 40%, you know, and they just went into what I call starvation mode, and they only lost, a, you know, maybe half of the expected uh, weight loss because, you know, there was no cheat meals, there was no cycling built in. So when you go down and stay down, yeah. you're screwed, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so we'll uh, see. I mean, it's something I haven't done in a long time, so I'm oddly excited for it. You know, it's like I'm tired of eating a bit. It's like it's just something new to shoot at for a while, and, I don't know. If it works out and I can find a meat towards the end of this, who knows, maybe I'll, like, deplete water, deplete down, and do a 220-pound powerlifting meat or something and see what oh, I that'd I've, be never, kind of I've never competed at 220. Yeah. So. <laughs> you might be strong as hell with those littler guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll be tall. I'll be, like, towering over them, but they'll all be, like, 5'3". <laughs> <laughs> Dave Tate does some of what you're doing. You know, I think he likes to, the challenge of a diet. You know, yeah. every every other year or something. Some, so. Something new to shoot at. Yeah, we'll see. It'll, so it'll well, be my, my my every decade diet or something. I don't know. <laughs> every <we> decade. <laughs> well, so this this week marks the first in my head at least my first official week of training for my meet in October. So um, I've done my first official bench on Tuesday, and last night I did my first official squat. So, and this week it was just eights. So, uh, cool, very that. cool. So, no, yeah. Rob, we were just talking about diet and stuff. You don't really change the way you eat while you're training for a, for a competition, do you? Or, no, you know, some some days I eat alarmingly little calories for a guy my size, and some days I eat alarmingly a lot of calories. <laughs> um, you know, I just, uh, and Lonnie, you know that about me. I kind of just really kind of go with how I feel. Some days I just don't want to eat, you know, and yeah. not because I'm lazy, um, but just because I just don't feel like I should be eating a lot, and some days I just uh, think, well, you know what? Actually, what what it is with me is I train three days a week. What it is for me is I usually <clears throat> always look uh, the, the day before um, a training session. I usually really ramp up the calories to ungodly levels. 
Um, then sometimes I'll just peter it out after the day after or so um, and ramp it. It seems to work well for me. My weight's gone up. and um, Actually, officially, I hit 300 on the scale last week. Oh, I was just going to ask you, so are you going to be in the 275 class or super heavy, or what are you doing? Oh, well, I, I, that's, I think that's just the super heavy, isn't it? Just 308. You'll be 308, Thunder. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I'll be definitely in the 308. So. So, okay. yeah, super, super heavy starts at 309. Okay, okay that's go. what I wanted. Okay, I thought it was yeah. 305. Okay, 309. Okay, so, yeah, I'll be in that class then. I'll probably be, like, you know, 297 or something like that. But um, my strength is really good, so... We'll see. Um, and as far as any equipment that I'm going to be using, I'm just going to. I've determined that I'm just going to use, wear my 10-year-old single-ply poly squat suit. Uh, nothing else. No bench shirt. No wrist. Ra- uh, no no knee wraps. Anything like that. I just like the feeling because I always squat in bicycle pants. So. Oh wait, people, dude. No knee wraps at all. Oh no, no. Oh, and pe- I and can't pe- imagine. I just- and people, uh, you know, people always laugh about my squat suit because, like I said, it's ten years old, and it, I put it on by myself in about two minutes. So it's it's pretty right, fr- yeah. It's pretty yeah. freaking loose. Um, I just like the feel. I just like wearing it. Um, well, actually, I don't. I very rarely wear it. Actually, I, I never really never train in the damn thing. Um, but when I but I do like when I squat, I do like to feel tight. So I and I don't mean I, I just mean I like clothes that kind of hug to me, so I wear, you know, yeah, yeah, like bicycle pants and stuff like that, because I like things against me, so um, I just figured that makes it just simple, because otherwise they'd ask me to wear a stupid singlet if I was going totally raw, and those just look kind of gay squatting, so I just figure, kill two birds with one stone with that, Um, but yeah, so other than that, I'll just... So, like, what what numbers, dude, ballpark in the the three lists? Okay, well, it's been a while, like I said, it's been... Several years since I've competed, so I'm just using this as a dry run. Um, you bet. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm, ex- I'm expecting to qualify for nationals. Dry. Well, you got to go for it. So, you know, if, if everything goes well in my openers, I, I'll probably just try and of that. So, yeah. But I mean, if, if I, you know, obviously, I'm like I've told you guys uh, many times now in the past. I'm looking, looking at this just to kind of get my feet wet again. So. Oh yeah, well, you know that's what we're always. Hey, you know you gotta. You don't want to be a hypocrite. Live, live the uh, your own suggestions, right? We're always telling people, listen, get your feet wet. You know, get jump into it. Start, you know, yesterday. You know, as far as get yourself back in a meet and stuff, and so get back on the battlefield. So, qualify for nationals, which I'm expecting too. Um, when I compete nationals next year, I would like to next year go over 1,800 pounds total. So. Um, which that's I, colossal, man. Well, which I think yeah, is. is uh, didn't you? Didn't you? Uh, in your last meet, didn't you squat a 665 or something? 660. Um, okay. That was, that was with a full... You see, I'm actually underplaying a couple of those numbers um, purposefully. Not so much the deadlift, but um, perhaps the bench and certainly the squat. I, see, that's really... what I'm thinking too, dude, because I'm... At least in training, you hit a pretty strict squat of 700. Uh, I did 705 though, right? about eight, eight months ago. Yeah. Oh, was it that long? Okay. Yeah, it was with wraps, though. And you see, it's one of those things where I'm going to, again, I haven't competed for so long. I have really no idea how it's going to look with the, you know, the, with that loose single-ply pod because I don't even train with that thing. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, I hit a very um, easy 600, dead raw, not even suit, just just the belt. Um, about three weeks ago in training, I hit a su- super easy 600. So um, and that was to the floor with basically an Olympic stance. Um, so I, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all my numbers age towards 650, 
And like I said, I just did my first one yesterday. Um, and it was two sets of eight with 455. And it was um, really, really easy. <laughs> I could have done like two sets of 15. So You know what, Rob? Not, I, this is going to be controversial, but let me ask you this. Because, I mean, you know, you're a big dude. You've been training for a long time. What's your take on some of these? I, I've seen some videos and stuff lately. Some of these natural pro bodybuilders, 200-pound guys that they say they're squatting 600-plus raw. These are 200-pound natural guys. Does that seem feasible to you? That seems outrageous to me. Um, well, I mean, these controversies always go back and forth. I mean, I'm sure Phil can t- chime on on this. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where there's so many variables to what that squat looked like yes. and the true reality of what the physiological <laughs> advantages might have been in that case right. and equipment. Well, and, that and you know what, that's right. We, when we had Ben Hartman on uh, months ago, he's a natural pro bodybuilder, and we are talking about how, for example, clenbuterol is a banned substance, but a, a relatively sim- similar drug, a beta agonist, you know, which is ephedrine hydrochloride, of course, these quote-unquote natural guys, they'll live on like primatine mist tablets, you know, and that's going to enhance your strength, certainly. This you know, is, so like you're yeah. saying, it, it's it's sort of up in the air about what you mean by natural, I guess. I mean, you know, and like I say, there's so many different ways to squat these days and then, you know, and have it considered a good quote-unquote squat. I mean, and this is not to be arrogant or conceited, but I've literally out-squatted with my, you know, the way I squat guys who, you know, have posted 800, 900-plus squats. I've, I've out-squatted them very easily because, I, you know, they've, they've, I've, I've implored them just to, you know, use the belt, bring their stance into an Olympic stance and go acid grass. You know, and all of a sudden these guys who are, you know, raw squatting 600-plus, you know, without the gear and stuff, all of a sudden now they're doing, you know, like 470 and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's so hard to say. I mean, it's like, you know, some of these powerlifters now, you get these guys like Joe Maz or whatever his name is, and he's like, whatever, 170 pounds, and he, you know, posts a 655-pound bench press. I mean, people are like, can you, is that possible? It might be possible in 50 years. It certainly isn't isn't now without the gas and all the and all that. I mean, the guy's shirt alone is probably giving him three four hundred pounds. You know, I mean, it takes him freaking ten seconds to get the bar to his chest. You know, because there's so much stopping power in the shirt that he essentially is fighting to get the the damn thing to touch his chest. You know, so I mean, you know, know, again, I don't and I don't want to undermine some of these guys. No, they're strong as hell. Like you're saying, even. Even when they're brought to bear with some bigger guys around them, um, you know, again, to me it seems frankly unlikely to see a 200-pound guy, natural and raw, squatting over 600 pounds or benching over four. That just seems extremely unlikely. But no, I, suppose, I suppose yeah. it's, it is possible in rare individuals, but again, I just tend to be... Eyebrow raising. Look, if you if you've got the typical APF WPO squat stance, you're using a monolift and you're and you're hitting what is considered depth for those types of federations. Then yeah, I can see it. Totally, I can see it. But if you're getting a guy who's backing up with it, you know what I mean, without the monolift, and he's taking a stance that, for all intents and purposes, could be considered an Olympic stance, and he's you know actually you know deep knee bending down. Like like a, like an Olympics uh, Olympic lifter, um, that's highly unlikely. I can see some Olympic lifters 
maybe getting into the mid, low mid fives um, during certain high ramped inten- um, periods of their of their training cycles. Because um, I've seen guys who are like you know a very good Olympic lifters who are like you know between 200 and 225, 235 pounds who are again uh, you know doing uh, back squats within the you know low mid fives during their very right. quote, you know their heavy periods. Um, right. But Which yeah, is amazing. It, Just amazing. Oh, it's 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 freakish, but. Absolutely, but yeah, I mean, to see a guy just in in a you know um, typical training fashion hitting a 600 at that 200 pounds body weight, no drugs, no equipment except for belt, and like I say, like a, like a proper Olympic style squat, you know that's if you can do that, man, you're. Uh, you're strong. You're, you're really, 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 really strong. I mean, and like I said, I've never seen it happen. I'm sure Phil could say he's never either. I mean, again, there's so many. That, and that's the problem with you know straight sports and specifically powerlifting, which is my sport. But you know, I'm, so I'm entitled to rip on it. It's just the variables within that are so great. You know what I mean? Like, again, stand. Well, the other thing I question too. I mean, these guys are bodybuilders and. You know, I can claim a thousand pound squat if I only have to squat it five inches. Yeah. You know, are, is this even a something under scrutiny, under under judges, or are they yeah. just? You know, it could be a, a squat that's five inches above parallel. Well, how many yeah. times have you seen? Like, <laughs> how many times have you seen like you know uh, any number of bodybuilders? I mean, I don't know if you guys remember back to Flux Magazine in the late nineties. There was that whole big photo feature of you know the retired um, bodybuilder Chris Cormier. Um, you know, you know. Next month, you know, big full pictorial. You know, strongest bodybuilder, you know, professional bodybuilder, Chris Cormier squatting. You know, six seventy five. And you know, it's the, the pictures were ridiculous. It's like that's a, that's not a proper squat. You know, did he have six seventy five on the bar? Yeah, you know, six seventy five being you know seven plates aside. But in in no way would that be considered a proper squat. In any federation outside of you know all these rogue federations that are posting eleven, twelve hundred pound squats, right? You know, rogue, so it's rogue. Yeah. you know, but well, you know, what I, but you know what I'm saying. I've seen, I you've do. seen, yeah. you know, guys like Jay Cutler. You know, well, I usually squat three sets of ten with four hundred five, and then you see the video of him doing that. And I'm not saying what he's doing is not massively um, being advantageous towards his end goal, building muscle. What I am saying is to anybody like Phil and I, you know, who are Sticklers for this kind of thing, we'd be like, "Well, you really can't claim those as three sets of ten or four or five. Did you do ten reps with four or five? Yeah, but you know they're more like kind of like those pumping style squat reps, right? Where you're certainly not you're certainly not breaking breaking parallel. You know what I mean? And and that that's where people lose all the guts, right? Because think about it, your your leverage is completely changed when you're crossing through between you know when you're sitting down, your ankles, you're coming up, and then you cross that. It, you know that you know that midpoint, and then the, the leverage is completely changed. Yeah. You know, so oh, guys, sure, yeah. you know, the guys who can hit you know an inch below uh, above parallel, which by the way, it still looks pretty damn good to anybody who knows squatting. Somebody who hits an inch or two above parallel, that that's still a pretty good looking squat in the gym. Yeah. You know, drop three inches now, and all of a sudden you've lost two hundred pounds on the on the bar. I mean, literally, literally. So, no, actually, Rob, it's funny you said that because just about two weeks ago, uh, this young guy was asking me, you know, what do you think of my squat uh, 
form, you know. And I said, well, you're, it's, it looks, it looks good at first glance. You know, you're only, just, just like you said, about an inch above parallel. I said, try a full squat, or, you know, near full. Why don't you go like two inches below parallel? Maybe not butt to heels, but, you know, deeper. And instantly, you know, the leverage was gone. The lift didn't happen, you know what I mean? And it was just what you're saying, you know, that it's a completely different animal. And that's yeah. why I'm saying to you, anybody, you're saying 200-pound guys, a 300-pound man, you know, which, you know, I'm a couple pounds off right? normally right now. I mean, a 600-pound squat, you know, with your, with bottomed out, I mean, it takes a lot of grinding strength to get your ass a couple of inches above parallel, where your where your leverages massively improve. And Phil, you can, yeah. you can totally concur with oh, this, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it takes a shit ton of strength yeah. to get your ass up to a point where you're a few inches above parallel, and you, those advantageous leverages really start coming yeah. into play. I mean, wow! <laughs> like you know, so when you're you guys were claiming all this stuff, I'm, I'm, I the first thing I think of is, I wonder what that looks like. It might even look like a, it might, like I say, it might be an inch or two above parallel, which in the gym, in a moderate stance, you know, not pure Olympic style, but not pure, you know, APF style, wide is, you know, mm-hmm. just moderate mm-hmm. stance. That is a good looking squat, but it's still, you're still, it, it, to my mind, it, it, you're still, you know, if you sink down three more inches, man, you're, you're losing at least 200 pounds off it now. But no. you know why I'm saying one of the reasons I'm asking you guys this is because I have known powerlifters, and I know Rob, you've seen a few too. Like even in the back room in the power room at, at Pep's gym there in Akron, where there's some skinny guys with surprisingly big squats, oh, yes. you yeah, know, because you, they train their again, nervous system so well. Yeah, but if you again remember, because I used to train there with you, if you remember the, the squats I'm describing are exactly the squats that they did. And by the way, I am again just to make it clear, I am not trashing these guys. I'm not suggesting they're not strong as hell for their size. They are. I'm just saying the squats that I remember of the guys that you're referring to, their squats mostly resemble the squats I'm describing, where it wasn't crazy power stance, wasn't certainly wasn't Olympic stance, you know, but it was you know that that stance, and um, you know it was one or two inches above parallel, which in the gym looks damn nice and clean. Yeah. And that that's that's a great squat, man. It's a yeah. great squat. But again, bring bring that stance in half a foot, sink your ass to the back of your ankles, see what happens. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's very humbling when you get not the bottom of your butt below your knee, when you get the top of your hips below your knee. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, yeah. and have to come back up. It's, it's a whole different ball. Well, like I say, man, it's it's and, and part of the reason that guys never, you know get to that level is because, you know, Lion and I, you've, you know, I in the past have talked about this. It's a very um, troubling feeling for people who are not used to squatting to put a great weight, whatever relative that is to you and your, your current strength levels, to put it on your back and take your arms out of the equation to grab shit around you to help because it's on the bar. You know, to me it's natural because I've been doing it for 25 years as it is to you and, you know, you, both you guys. But you have to sometimes put yourself back in that place of the guy who's only been squatting for two months, you know? And he's trying to put whatever, again, whatever's heavy for him, 200, 225 pounds, 185, whatever it is, you know? You take your arms out of the equation, so you have no balance, you know, and you can't, you know, um, 
create balance with your hands or weighing them around, and you're asking the guy to squat down. You know, and he's going down. He's like, okay. And like I say, it's very the, the leverages are completely different once you pass parallel. You know, so it's like to sit in the in the in the quote unquote hole as we talk. You know, with with four, five, six, seven hundred pounds in your back. I mean, you better have your shit together. You know, both your technique together, your confidence, and and, and like I said, you better have a whack ton of freaking bull strength on your side. Cause right. And I'll tell you what too. I'm sure you guys are, were alluding to this already, but part of that, that loss of leverage, it, it, it's a different sort of neuromuscular pattern. Because, like, when I sit in a hole, even with just, like, 405, you know, that's ass, hamstrings, adductors, you know what I mean? That You get sore in completely different places than Absolutely. if you were to do what you call Olympic squats, which are quad-dominant. You know, well, and, and I know Joe always talking about people yeah. have no posterior chain anymore, no back strength. You know, yeah. And, and that's, that's why I say when you look at a guy like a, like a Jay Cutler or squat or so forth, the way he squats is such that it's you know for for his purposes, I suppose, right? Just to put you know ninety percent of the stress just on his quadriceps, he's doing it correctly for what he's trying to achieve. Yeah. But like I, but yeah, your, your Olympic style squat to the into the hole. I mean, you're you're calling into question. Um, like you say, massively, your butt, your back, your hips, I mean, mm-hmm. everything. It's, it, it's the supporting realm in, in and of itself is, is monstrous. So, yeah. um, to go back to the original question, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's freaky lifters out there. I mean, you can go on YouTube and find them. The problem is you have to have a discerning eye, um, and that doesn't make you better or worse or anything. It just, a discerning eye just from accumulation of experience and knowledge over, you know, uh, years of doing it and seeing other guys do it. You have to have the, this, this discerning eye to see all the variables that are in play at that specific lift. And that's you see guys on YouTube all the time, you know, it gives everybody a voice who really shouldn't be opening their mouth. They should be just observing, you right. know, because everybody wants to spout off. And it's like, well, you don't understand the nuances of this because you've done, you know, you've done 20 squat workouts in your life. Like, which doesn't count for shit in my books. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I remember, you know, uh, you know, one of our old hosts used to, uh, once said, and I, and I totally concur. You know, unless you've got like a, at least a, a thousand squat workouts under your belt, I don't want to hear from you. Right, but I, I'll just tell you. For the, I think three times in the last six months, I've seen these, you know, smallish. I mean, they're not small guys. Two hundred pounds at five ten or something. It's not a little dude, but you know, I see them posting these videos and um, sort of making these claims. And, you know what I mean? I, I wonder, is this a disservice to, you know, some guys? He's like, well, God, he's natural, quote, unquote, right? But still, I'm natural. How is it that I'm squatting 185 and this guy is squatting 600? And it's like you're saying, it may be the case that that squat looks good. And, again, take nothing from these guys. They're strong as hell. But... Is it really over 600 or over 400 in the bench? Is it even real plates? Is it even real plates? There's a video of a guy who's a a professional bodybuilder. He's probably like fourth tier on YouTube. And I I won't name names, but, you know, anybody who watches a lot of videos of powerlifting and so forth on YouTube probably knows who I'm talking about. Um, And this clown, I use the word clown, is benching 600 for, like, five in the gym, and he's got his six-year-old son giving him a liftoff. Oh, my God. And the guy, I mean, is the guy extremely muscular in a bodybuilding sense? Yeah. 
you know, he's probably like five foot seven and probably like 225, 230 in pretty good shape. So he's a big dude. But I'll tell you, five foot seven, 225, 230 pounds in good shape ain't nothing under a 600 pound bench. That ain't shit. Yeah. Under a 600 pound bench. And I can bet you, I, I would bet you both my testicles that there's no way in hell. Because first of all, any, when I say discerning eye, this is what I mean. Anybody who's been lifting for many, many years and lifting heavy knows just the dynamics of what six plates on, a, on an Olympic bar looks like when it's moving out of the rack. How it looks in somebody's hand, the bend of the bar, the sway right. of the bar as it's moving through the range of motion. Phil, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you just know the dynamics of the bar itself and what it does in the hands of a lifter. And it, you can just tell this is so, such horseshit. It's not the way. And like I say, people are seeing yeah. this, and the comments go pages and pages. Guys well, no, Rob, to be honest with you, though, I mean, you're making me sound like a ranked amateur. Like, I'm buying what these guys are saying, look, hook, line, and sinker. I'm saying these guys are strong. I, of you course know. the guy's strong. I, I, would, I wouldn't take the, away from the guy that he could probably push a 455 or maybe like a 480. You know, it's, but people were, like, arguing on Get Big a couple of weeks ago that, you know, the whole thing, Luke, what do you think it was? Luke Bruce was like, 560 at his best. There's no way in bloody hell that guy ever did 560 at best. People are like, look at the size of him. I mean, he was at his best. You're, I mean, it's not hard to imagine the guy could have pressed, you know, somewhere between 450 and 500 pounds. I'm like, yeah, I'd give that. They're like, well, what's the difference then? The difference is 60 pounds. And the difference <laughs> yeah. between 500 and 560 is huge yeah, right. on the bench press. Right. Okay, it's less on things like deadlift, but that's still big. But on the bench press... When you're talking about a guy pressing, uh, well, you know, I saw him do five reps with 455. That's five reps with 455. That's a that's a that's a world away from 560. You know, um, yes. Yeah. People, that's what I'm saying by nuance and discerning eyes and people who have experience. It's like, you know, you can't just say, well, I saw, you know, I believe it because I saw him do 405 for two sets of eight. What the hell does two sets of eight with 405 have to do with a 560 bench? You know. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't translate, you know. But people think in terms of well, I saw some guy do eight with one eighty five, and he did two seventy five. It's it's exponential. We we always talk about this on the show. You know, the amount of horsepower to go from a five hundred to a six hundred is so much greater than the horsepower to go from a two hundred to a three hundred. Yes, you know, it's right. diminishing returns, right? That's why people say, well, that's not a very good lift. The guy's 300 pounds, you know, he benches 500 pounds. That's not a very good lift. I know a guy, it's like, it's not corresponding. You know, it's, not linear, not, right. it's, it's not, not linear, right? It's not linear, right? Yeah. You know, and as you get heavier, you know, I mean, the heavier the load gets, five pounds means more and more. Of course. <laughs> you, know. you know, like, I mean, think about it. How long does it take the average healthy male to go from a 100-pound squat to a 200-pound squat? Yeah. You know? Now, yeah. if he trains for 10, 12, 15 years, how long is it now taking him to go for And now he's got a damn good squat of, say, 500 pounds. How now much horsepower does he, that guy need now to get to 600 pounds? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, probably like 50, 100 times more horsepower than he needs to get from 100 to 200. You know, and, and right. people don't, and like you say, the word's linear, and that's a perfect word for it. People on the YouTube that are commenting that, they don't understand that. They have why you always you know. see, you know, the guys who are always setting the double, triple, quadruple, those are smaller guys. Yeah. And you get guys on YouTube and saying, you know, well, look at the guy's dead lifting 900 pounds. Oh, but he weighs 390 pounds. That's not a big deal. I'm like, are you freaking out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, it's one thing to deadlift, you know, 
500 pounds and a whole different, you know, ballpark to do 800. Ask Phil, you know, who's, uh-huh. who's, who's, in my opinion, probably, you know, all points and all variables concerned, probably one of the greatest deadlifters I've ever heard of. Okay? And, you know, ask that Phil. Well, no, but seriously, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's like you know, you know, the, like you know, <laughs> the difference between some kid that's in the gym saying, "Oh, you know, I can pull five sixty, so I, you know, I'm not that far away from Phil." It's like, dude, you know how much more torquing, yeah. pulling power yeah. that guy has than yeah. you? He's not even he's not even a silhouette on the horizon, pal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh... You know, so it's one thing to boast, you know, I can squat four hundred, another to say I can do six hundred. And these kids are like, well, you know, I, you know, whatever. It, it took me a couple of years to get there. So I have people in the gym saying, oh, yeah, you know, when I'm, when I'm your age, I, you know, I, I should be, you know, squatting 1,000 pounds. I'm, I'm, I'll say, you know what, good luck with that. Good luck. And, and you come visit me when you're my age and I'm in a wheelchair. You come visit me and you tell me how that's, going out, how that's working out for you. <laughs> and I know what you're saying because you guys know I've been trying to deadlift lately, and I'll save it for a future episode, but I've never done it before at all. And when I realize how hard it is for me to just lift 405 pounds off the floor, you know, it gives me new respect for some of this stuff. Again, it, it's a new thing for me because, believe it or not, I've just never done it. But um, well, you know my, my numbers will go up fast. But anyway, listen to what you're saying. I, I, I totally understand. Like I said, Phil's not even a silhouette on the horizon yet. To, to think that I'm even going to approach that in any time in the realistic future is not even, not even uh, you know, on the reality table. But I mean, everybody anyway. and their brother squats 700 pounds, but nobody in Canada, the whole country of Canada, has ever posted a 700-pound raw squat. I'm not talking drug. I'm not talking raw, raw and drug-free. I'm just talking just raw. Okay, but everybody and their brother, brother squats 700 for 10. Where Supposedly. are these guys? Where are right. these guys? Supposedly. Where are these guys? <laughs> I've been around right. a long. You know, because they're not in front of judges with clipboards. You know, you know. Between, between the three of us on this show, we've got a lot of years yeah. at a lot of different gyms over a lot of you know North America under our belts. Everywhere from the Mecca Bodybuilding to Westside Barbell to the hardcore gyms up here in Canada. To you know, and I'll tell you something. I, I can I can speak for all three of us to our listeners right now. Where are you guys? <laughs> Where are you? Right. You yeah, I mean? I'm not talking about a 400-pound bench. You know what? I am talking about a 400-pound bench. Where are you? Yeah. No, not with the gas. Not with the freaking, you know, the, the shirts that you can't, like, pull your arms back two centimeters to fucking put some, uh, you know, a, a scoop, of, scoop of pudding in your mouth. <laughs> in, in a T-shirt and no drugs, okay, get on your ass on a bench and let me see you pause 405 under complete control. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. Totally. You know, and you know what? Yeah, I think it is out there. Don't get me wrong. There are out there. I'm not saying guys can't do that. But not in droves. I like you. Like you might believe by watching the web. Yeah. Four thousand years. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean that's like Dave. Dave was saying on our last interview. I mean, it's like you know, you look on the internet, and everybody's getting a PR. Good lord, the world must be getting huge. Where are you? <laughs> you know? yeah, everybody's yeah. got a like. Everybody's a world champion. Like, come on. It's horse crap, man. You know, it's yeah. all distorted. And again, unless you have a discerning eye that comes only from years and years of experience, as both as a practitioner and an observer, you don't have the eyes and you don't have the knowledge to, to make to make that declaration of, 
you know, what is and what is not. I'll tell you, man, another thing with YouTube that's, it's, YouTube's great in one side because it pushes people to realize that what can be done, you know, so it can help kind of vanquish the whole idea of limitations. But on the downside, and I've said this before, it also, you're, you're mostly presented, you know, all these freakish lifts. You know, the guy who can deadlift 900 pounds, the guy who can squat 8, 9, 1,000 pounds. You know, and, and you're seeing that, and, and all these kids are on there thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. It's like, well, well so that's what I'm saying, too. Maybe, hopefully, it will give people a realistic uh, idea. They're like, well, I've seen Dr. Lowry compete in, in fairly big shows, you know, and he's, he's, he's got a long history of bodybuilding, and he's, he's actually saying it's hard to pull 405 off the floor. Yes, I am, you guys. That's really freaking heavy. I've never done it before. I'm not going to sit here and boast and lie and post a video of some sloppy, you know, who knows what. That's hard, and it's going to take me a really long time. I think the numbers will go up fairly quickly, to be honest with you, because, you know, I do have a long history. I've, I've always been good at the squat and certain other things, but or, like, my, my back is, is pretty thick. So I think the numbers will go up, but I am light years away from five, let alone six or seven. You know, yeah, and so, it's like, again, you know, just a little dose of reality there, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, and, you know, kids have to, like, there was a kid at the gym the other day, and he pulled, uh, um, he's like 19 years old, and he pulled, uh, he's a, he's just, you can tell he's a naturally good deadlifter. He pulled 405 for oh, three or four reps. Yeah. And I said for what he put down, now, the form was a little, nah, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's more of a hybrid pull. But, but you know what, the fact remains, and, <laughs> and Phil, again, knows what I'm talking about, when it comes to the deadlift, for, you know, always train your form the best you can. But when it comes to pulling big numbers, whatever big numbers means for you, you either pull the damn thing off the floor or you didn't. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're either standing victorious with it or, or you're lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so I said to this kid what he did his sets. I said, I said, but dude, I said, you're, you're really strong. I said, that's, that's really good, man. Yeah. kind of looking at me like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, no, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I'm telling you. You know, like, I don't, there's most things in this world I know shit about, but this I do. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I, I don't do, like, all my reps start from a dead stop. And I know you're like, well, dude, that's going to make it harder. Well, I'm just starting to realize some of that. You know, I'm like, because the other day I put, like, if, if I'm telling you it's really hard for me to pull 405 off the floor, I put 365 on the bar and I did five reps because I let it just, you know, clang against the floor a little each yeah. time. Well, and yeah. I'm like, Wait, this is way harder to do from a <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So oh, like when yeah. I on our little Iron Radio video that I put on our web page, I put up a, a yet another one, you know, and still just stands up. I don't know what it is, seven something, you know, and the little five pound weight kind of falls off the edge. But yeah. you know, you stand up. That's from a dead stop, people. That's really hard to do that. Well, you know, you, you know? see lots of guys. Truly, you see lots of guys with with wrist wraps, right? And they do 10 or 12 reps with 405, right? And, then you know, they're going to clank up, clank up, clank. Right, precisely. And, right. And there's, and by the way, that, that, that's, that's still strong. That's still yeah, strong. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm that, right. What I'm saying is ditch the straps and put it down and give it a brief pause and now do 12 reps with that. Right. And I think that's maybe why I'm, I, I, I'm, like, I'm not disappointed in any way, but I'm humbled because I'm like, oh, God, this is so hard. But in a way, I'm sort of proud of myself that, well, maybe pulling from a dead stop like that is the way to go about this. You know, I mean, sometimes balance get that kind of stretch, stress reflex, you know. But, yeah, also pulling from a dead stop, that's 
probably a good idea, too. You know, just two different ways to train it, I guess. So, who is better? Why do you think I call power? It's a phrase I kind of sometimes use. I call powerlifting the brutal ballet. But it's only the only people who engage in the brutal ballet, quote unquote, of powerlifting are the people who really get it, you know? The people who turn it into art, you know? The average yeah. person is just thinking that you're a meathead, right? Grr! And it might look like grr to you when, when you know, when, when friggin' Phil's picking up half, you know, that half the weight of the world in his hands. Might look like grr, but there's art that's going on into that. You know, there's something that's been trained. Right. So controlled many, aggression. Controlled. You know, and right. so so again, I, I I hate when I see people commenting that you with, from the first line you can say that this person has no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. They have no idea what they're talking about, and all they're doing is perpetuating myth, bullshit, and you know. Erroneous thinking. That's all they're doing. No, I mean, I think, you know, what's lost, too, by, you know, we we're talking about the kids on the Internet seeing this and like, oh, why can't I do that? They, they just don't look at the big picture. They don't look at, you know, somebody like me that it took, it took six years and 45 pounds of body weight to go from 680 to a 725 over. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, nobody wants to think in years. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, so uh, I added 100 pounds to my total, but it took. Six years and a lot of eating, yeah. you know, and that's and it was that last fifty pounds that took four and a half of the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I say to people, man, if you want to be good, you got to be. In the, don't talk big to me. I see these kids in the gym, nineteen twenty, talking big, right? When I'm your age, you better just to get to where I am, okay? And I'm not talking about the weights I'm lifting. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about lasting that long. Okay, either because you lose motivation or you just get so freaking screwed with injuries you can barely walk. You know, forget the weights, buddy. You know, you it's know a it, big piece of humble pie. Well, yeah, because it's like you know, it, it it's and again, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, like I, it's like, you know, when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, you know, I was only thinking, you know, 25, 30 years of age. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden I'm 41. I'm thinking, you know, this is this is not a pursuit like. Most other pursuits. No. I mean, look at look at like you know MMA right now is the big thing, right? With it. it's arguably you know what bodybuilding was to young males in 1985. You know what I mean? And think about it. These guys are coming out. If you if you have you know pretty good talent, you know, and you train like a mother son of a bitch for two or three years in MMA, there's a there's a chance you know that you could get that contract with the UFC, you know, and right, win a yeah. title and be the world champion middleweight. You know, and you've been a hardcore MMA practitioner for four or five years. Nobody, even if you're using gas out the wing-wang, nobody's staying on stage as a true elite power lifter in four or five years. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, this is a slow-burning yeah. thing, man, that has to be done over and over and over. You know, when you're talking about a guy who legitimately, legitimately is totaling 2,000 pounds or more, you know, without the crazy gear and, you know, drowning himself in testosterone and stuff. When you're talking about somebody with a, a legitimate 2,000-pound total with minimal gear and raw, that is that is something to behold, man. Yeah. In fact, is it, you know, like, has anybody even done that? Has anybody gone uh, over 2,000 pounds raw, drug-free? I don't think anybody even has ever done that. Maybe not. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you're total 1,800, 1,900 pounds, like, drug-free raw? Holy crap. 
<laughs> yeah, that's you know, like you are, you are kicking ass. But other people are like, well, that means nothing, right? This guy at the same body weight does twenty eight hundred pounds. It's like, but there we go again. You don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, to the young guys out there, man, do not become discouraged with all this stuff. You know, there's so much crap on the on YouTube and stuff. I mean, there's so much amazing stuff on there too. Don't get me wrong. There's freakish stuff on there. But there's so much crap on there, too, man. And, and, again, if you don't have the discerning eye yet, you know, look at it for what it is and just set your sights as high as they can go and just work towards it and realize that this is a slow-burning thing that does not have you – don't, you don't think in months. You don't think in years. You think in decades, brother. Okay? And that's the thing, I mean, that, that, that hurts, and it usually separates the people from – when you start hitting that, that year or that six months – where it's five pounds for a twelve months of training, that it takes maturity and just <laughs> you've got to love it. Oh, yeah. there it is, right there. You know, you're averaging an eighth of a pound a month or something. It's that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. what I oh, yeah. all the time in the gym. Beyond yeah. anything, you yeah. better freaking love it. Yeah. You, and I, when I say love it, I mean you better love it. Like a hand. Well, I'll tell you what. Like you know what, Rob? What what you guys are saying is. It's the thing that I've said many times from a nutritional perspective, too, partly because of the hyperbole from supplement companies and or equipment manufacturers or whatever, but the average consumer has had their awe button so flippantly pushed, so repeatedly, that they're, they're not satisfied with something that's biologically real, like that extra 10 pounds on the deadlift. You know what I mean? It's like, do you understand how what a success that is? Yeah. That's home run. And I'm sorry this isn't, you know, um, a 500-pound gain over the course of this year, but this is the stage at which this, uh, you know, at which this champion resides. You, you know, so you, we, we need to recalibrate, I think is the word, to reality and value something that is seemingly small but is real. You know, it has value because it's real anyway. You have periods, man, where nothing is going on for two months. I mean, you're like, what the hell happened to me? I'm a different person. I can't lift right. shit. Yeah, exactly. For, you know, for like, a couple this, of months. This right. weight yeah. was like butter to me two months ago. What the hell happened? You know what happened? That's just the way, that's just the nature of the beast, man. There's and too many variables that come and go, I know. And, yeah. and that's, that's, but that's also the fun. It's, it's the challenge to try to juggle all these things and make them line up. So you can make that, you know, incremental gain. Right. And you just it's the consistency. You have to love it because, like I say, in those periods where you're so despondent, so you're leaving the gym. Oh my, dude, I, I am not too proud to say I've many times over 25, 26 years left the gym almost in tears. And I'm driving home thinking, holy crap, I should probably just go take up table tennis. I mean, this, you know what I mean? Like, what? And then there's other times you leave. There's, the a, there's a vision. There's a yeah, there's and, a but, the, but, you know, but the, by the same token, that there's the other times where you leave the gym and you're, you're and you guys know what I'm talking about, but you, you feel like Superman. You're like, there's nothing I would touch today that I can't lift. You know those days where it's almost everything is just perfect. You know, and you're just a beast. Everything you do is just perfect. I mean, and Tom Plaswitz told, once told me, he says, you know why we have bad training sessions? I said, why, Tom? He says, because if we didn't, we wouldn't know what a good one is. Yeah. And, you know, I really held that, that dear to me. I'm like, yeah, it's true. You know, so on those days where I do feel like crying, that's what I keep running through my mind. It's okay. You know, it's okay. 
You know, yeah. you love it, keep doing it. You know, the tide will swing back in your favor. It's okay. Well, it's the good days, uh, the rarity is what makes them so precious, too. Yeah. You know, because you're not going to have it all the time, like you're saying. But once you experience some of those, I had one of those a couple of weeks ago. You know, after probably, well, I don't know, maybe up to three months after my contests that, you know, I was burnt toast. My nervous system was burnt. Yeah. My joints were shot. I went in the gym, I don't know, it was like last week. And, I mean, I'm bobbing up and down with 405 in the squat just feeling, I mean, the headphones were blasting chains addiction. You know, it was the good days that are that good, they'll hook you forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a drug, man. And once, once you get that high, it's almost like being a heroin addict, right? You're always taught, taught, taught that every heroin addict is always chasing the high that they got the first time. It, it really is a drug, isn't it? Because you're always chasing that. It's like chasing the dragon, man. You're chasing it. Uh, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, it, this is much more beneficial to the long term health than, than, you know, heroin addiction. But, you know, but it, it really is the same type of thing, right? It's a drug, and you're chasing that. You're chasing that. You're chasing that. You know? And I'll tell you what, yeah, I, I think, uh, listeners, we're going to do eventually, hopefully this month, do like a psych-up episode, too. And I think we could talk about some of this, too. You know, when we start really focusing on the satisfaction of a rockin' day in the gym. That's enough to hook you yeah. forever, and I think that'll oh, yeah. be a really fun topic. And I've actually got some quotes, too, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that, too. So, all right, well, that was, that was still good. I know we went yeah, off the deep end, but, you know, some good gym talk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and again, man, uh, to, uh, to Jeff Chester, man, hails from the fortress, brother. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, have a good one. Later. Yeah. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like Iron Radio, if you like what we do, uh, the education, interviewing uh, industry personalities, or many of the pro bodybuilders or coaches that we've had in the past, uh, please just click on the donate button at www.ironradio.org and make a donation. We've had some great donations from people that have kept us going. Thank you so much. Uh, so please visit uh, the website, click on the donation button, or if you like, uh, and it's a similar situation, Buy some Iron Radio cool stuff. We've got T-shirts and mugs and things like that, and those things help support the site and keep us on the air. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.